Welcome to our worship today. Our thanks go to Vanessa Griffiths and Kevin Bright for our readings today and to the choristers of St Martin in the Fields for our hymns. If you missed the first session of our Lent course last week and would like to join the Zoom meetings on Monday this week, please email me for the links. The pre-recorded video presentations of last week's session is available from the church website and so are the printable versions of the session. This week's session will be available from Tuesday, so do join us on Monday or catch up on Tuesday. Follow along in whichever way is easiest for you.
Beloved, we are come together in the presence of Almighty God and of the whole company of heaven to offer unto him through our Lord Jesus Christ our worship and praise and thanksgiving, to make confession of our sins, to pray as well for others as for ourselves, that we may know more truly the greatness of God's love and show forth in our lives the fruits of his grace and to ask on behalf of all men such things as their well-being doth require. Wherefore let us kneel in silence, and remember God's presence with us now. Almighty and most merciful Father, we have erred and strayed from thy ways like lost sheep. We have followed too much the devices and desires of our own hearts. We have offended against thy holy laws. We have left undone those things which we ought to have done, and we have done those things which we ought not to have done, and there is no health in us. But thou, O Lord, have mercy upon us miserable offenders. Spare thou them, O God, which confess their faults. Restore thou them that are penitent, according to thy promises declared unto mankind, in Christ Jesus our Lord. And grant, O most merciful Father, for his sake, that we may hereafter live a godly, righteous, and sober life, to the glory of thy holy name. Amen. May the Almighty and merciful Lord grant unto you pardon and remission of all your sins, time for amendment of life, and the grace and comfort of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Lord, open thou our lips and our mouth shall show forth thy praise. O God, make speed to save us. O Lord, make haste to help us. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. Our psalm today is Psalm 22, verses 22 to 30. I will declare thy name unto my brethren. In the midst of the congregation will I praise thee. O praise the Lord, ye that fear him. Magnify him, all ye seed of, the, of Jacob, and fear him, all ye seed of Israel. For he hath not despised nor abhorred the low estate of the poor, he hath not hid his face from him, but when he is called unto him, he heard him. My praise is of thee in the great congregation. My vows will I perform in the sight of them that fear him. The poor shall eat and be satisfied. They that seek after the Lord shall praise him. Your heart shall live for ever. All the ends of the world shall remember themselves and be turned unto the Lord and all the kindreds of the nations shall worship before him. For the kingdom is the Lord's, and he is the governor among the people. All such as be fat upon earth have eaten and worshipped. All they that go down into the dust shall kneel before him, and no man hath quickened his own soul. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. A reading from Genesis, chapter 17, verses 1 to 7, 
and 15 to 16. When Abraham was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am God Almighty, walk before me faithfully and be blameless. Then I will make my covenant between me and you and will greatly increase your numbers. Abraham fell face down and God said to him, As for me, this is my covenant with you. You will be the father of many nations. No longer will you be called Abraham. Your name will be Abraham, for I have made you a father of many nations. I will make you very fruitful. I will make nations of you and kings will come from you. I will establish my covenant as an everlasting covenant between me and you and your descendants after you for the generations to come to be your God and the God of your descendants after you. God also said to Abraham, As for Sarai, your wife, you will no longer call her Sarai. Her name will be Sarah. I will bless her and will surely give you a son by her. I will bless her so that she will be the mother of nations. Kings of peoples will come from her. This is the word of the Lord. We say the Magnificat together. My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Saviour. For he hath regarded the lowliness of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. For he that is mighty hath magnified me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on them that fear him throughout all generations. He hath showed strength with his arm. He hath scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He hath put down the mighty from their seat, and hath exalted the humble and meek. He hath filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he hath sent empty away. He, remembering his mercy, hath holpen his servant Israel, as he promised to our forefathers Abraham and his seed for ever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. A reading from the Gospel of Mark. Then he began to teach them that the Son of Man must undergo great suffering and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and after three days rise again. He said all this quite openly, and Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But turning and looking at his disciples, he rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan, for you are setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. He called the crowd with his disciples and said to them, If any want to become my followers, Let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it. And those who lose their life for my sake and the sake of the gospel will save it. For what will it profit them to gain the whole world and forfeit their life? Indeed, what can they give in return for their life? Those who are ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of them 
the Son of Man, will also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. We say the Nunc Dimittis together. Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace, according to thy word, for mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, to be a light to lighten the Gentiles, and to be the glory of thy people Israel. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. And we say the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Lord, have mercy upon us. Christ, have mercy upon us. Lord, have mercy upon us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. O Lord, show thy mercy upon us, and grant us thy salvation. O Lord, save the Queen, and mercifully hear us when we call upon thee. Endue thy ministers with righteousness, and make thy chosen people joyful. O Lord, save thy people and bless thine inheritance. Give peace in our time, O Lord, because there is none other that fighteth for us, but only thou, O God. O God, make clean our hearts within us and take not thy Holy Spirit from us. Almighty God, who seest that we have no power of ourselves to help ourselves, keep us both outwardly in our bodies and inwardly in our souls, that we may be defended from all adversities which may happen to the body and from all evil thoughts which may assault and hurt the soul. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O God, from whom all holy desires, all good counsels and all just works do proceed, give unto thy servants that peace which the world cannot give, that both our hearts may be set to obey thy commandments, and also that by thee we, being defended from the fear of our enemies, may pass our time in rest and quietness, through the merits of Jesus Christ our Saviour. Amen. Lighten our darkness, we beseech thee, O Lord, 
and by thy great mercy defend us from all perils and dangers of this night, for the love of thy only Son, our Saviour Jesus Christ. Amen. What's in a name? That which we call a rose by any other name would smell as sweet. That's what Juliet said to Romeo in Shakespeare's famous play. But in a sense, she was wrong. The fact that he was a Montague and she was a Capulet from rival families may not have worried her, but it did worry others. And the results were fatal for both of them. Names matter. They aren't just technical reference tags like your national insurance number or the serial number on a machine. They carry all sorts of other meanings and associations for us. That's why choosing a name for a baby is so difficult and usually done with great care. What are they going to feel about those names when they're grown, we wonder? Is your daughter going to thank you for calling her Fifi when she becomes a High Court judge? But then again you have to call them something and it's the power and the burden of parenthood to make that choice. Names feature in our readings today. In the Old Testament reading, Abram becomes Abraham, and Sarai becomes Sarah. Commentators argue about whether there's anything really significant about the old and new names in themselves. Possibly Abram might mean exalted ancestor, while Abraham means ancestor of a multitude, which is what he becomes, but no one's really sure. And Sarai and Sarah are two variants of a word that means princess. But small changes can matter, and the crucial, things here, the crucial thing here is who is giving them these new identities. Not their tribal ancestors, the parents who decided on their names originally, 99 years ago in Abraham's case, but God himself. In naming them, God declares that he's the one whose family they truly belong to, above and beyond the old tribal identities that once shaped them. They're children of God, part of a family that will eventually encompass a multitude of nations. Back in Genesis chapter 12, God had told Abraham that through him all the families of the earth would be blessed. God's work through Abraham and Sarah won't be about setting one tribe over another, Montagues against Capulets. It will be for the whole human race. Today's Gospel reading follows hard on the heels of another significant name change. It comes straight after the passage in Matthew's Gospel, where Jesus tells Simon, the fisherman from Bethsaida, who's become one of his closest followers, that from now on he'll be called Peter, as he is here from the Greek Petros, a rock. He's just acclaimed Jesus as the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And Jesus responds that on this rock I will build my kingdom. But now Peter seems to be rocky in a way that Jesus didn't intend. He may have accepted that the carpenter from Nazareth could be God's Messiah, but he can't accept that God's plan for him could ever include a humiliating and painful death. It doesn't make sense to him, and it provokes a gigantic, rocky wobble. It probably doesn't make it any easier for him that this story is happening in the territory of Caesarea Philippi. We're told that in the passage before this. Caesarea Philippi 
was a town which had been founded and named in honour of the Roman emperors, the Caesars, by one of King Herod's sons. That's the Herod who killed all the babies in Bethlehem. This particular son, Philip, ruled this area after his father's death, and he snuck in his own name, that's the Philippi bit, for good measure. If you're going to suck up to the big boss in Rome by building a town for him, it never does any harm to remind him whose idea it was. Caesarea Philippi was a strategically important town, on the lower slopes of Mount Hermon, where the River Jordan rose. It provided much of the precious water that irrigated Israel. There was a famous shrine to the Greek god Pan there too, so it was a place which reeked of secular and religious authority. Everywhere you turned, there were reminders of who was in power, even in the town's name itself. Reminders of who you needed to swear allegiance to if you wanted to get on, or even just stay alive in this dog-eat-dog world. It was extraordinary that Peter had affirmed Jesus as the Messiah at all against that backdrop. What was a carpenter from Nazareth compared to the might of Rome and the splendour of the Herodian dynasty? But as it turned out, Peter had only got halfway to where he needed to be. It wasn't just who had power that mattered, but what that power looked like. In the kingdoms of Rome and of the Herods, power equalled military force, casual brutality and swift and severe retribution for anyone who stepped out of line. In that sort of society, either you fitted in and did what you were told, no matter whether it was right or wrong, or you stood up against it and paid the price. It was a stark choice. As Jesus said, in trying to save your life physically, you might find you lost it spiritually. You may get to live, but you have to live with yourself knowing deep down that you're a collaborator, an enabler of oppression. Just this last week, a 95-year-old man was deported from the US back to Germany, having admitted that he was a concentration camp guard at a camp near Hamburg during World War II. He oversaw some of the deadly forced marches which took place as the war was drawing to an end. It might look as if he'd got away with it all these years, but what does it do to you to live with that on your conscience? And now he's been expelled from the land he's called home for most of his adult life. What has it profited him to gain the whole world if he's spent his life knowing that he was part of that machinery of evil? You don't have to believe in eternal punishment or even life after death at all to see what Jesus is getting at here. We all make choices and then we have to live with the choices we've made. Jesus and his followers will be faced with the choice between a courageous stand against oppression or the temptation to go with the flow, knowing that it's wrong. When Peter tries to turn Jesus away from the course of action he knows he must follow, he shows how deeply his mind has been shaped by the shadow of Rome and Herod and their like, where success comes adorned with thrones and sycophantic admirers and anything else is failure. Peter has his mind on earthly things, not divine things, as Jesus puts it. No wonder he can't cope with the idea of Jesus being crucified. He can't imagine that God could be at work through pain and death and humiliation 
and he won't get his head around it fully until Jesus is raised from death. That's when he'll really grow into the new name Jesus has given him, when he'll stop being rocky and start being the rock upon whose faith others can rely. Today's readings then invite us to look at our own identity and where it comes from, the names we know ourselves by and who gave them to us, the things that have shaped our outlook on the world and whether they lead us to fear or to faith. These readings call us to see that whatever tribes and families we come from, whatever society we grew up in, our true name and nature come from God. The God who is with us in failure just as much as success, in weakness just as much as strength, in death just as much as in life. Amen. Let us pray. Loving Lord, show us our true name and nature as your beloved children and help us to see that nature in others too so that we might grow to be your family, a multitude of nations blessed by you. We pray for those who are labelled or named by others in ways that are hurtful, for those who are stereotyped or dismissed because they belong to the wrong tribe in someone else's eyes. We pray for those who are struggling to be themselves and to live their lives fully as you call them to. Lord, in your mercy, Hear our prayer. Loving Lord, we pray for those who today live in the midst of oppression, among the Caesars and the Herods of our world. For those who bravely continue to challenge injustice, who try to live out the values of your kingdom in those situations. Help us each to see when we make compromises we shouldn't or when we turn our eyes away from what we should confront. We pray especially for the people of Myanmar at this time of national unrest, and for the governments of the world, that they might work together in the distribution of vaccines for the good of all. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Loving Lord, we thank you for our community for the love and care shown by so many, especially in this time of COVID. We pray for wisdom for the months ahead as regulations change, that you'll show us how to rebuild safely and without leaving behind those who may not be able to get out and about. We pray for our schools as they prepare for fuller opening, for school staff with difficult months ahead and for children especially those preparing for exams or those thinking about moves to new schools, that they'll know your peace. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Loving Lord, we pray for those who are sick, anxious or lonely, and for those who care for them, asking for your comfort and healing. We pray for all who are suffering from COVID-19 and for those suffering from other conditions whose treatment is delayed or complicated by the impact of the pandemic. We pray for medical professionals, for the emergency services, for care workers and all whose jobs cannot be done from home, who risk their own health for the sake of others, 
that they might be encouraged and supported by the love of the whole community. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Loving Lord, we entrust into your keeping all who have died, remembering especially those known to us. We pray for all who mourn that they will be comforted. Help us all to know your love, which is stronger than death, and which draws us all into one family, living and departed, known and blessed by you. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. The peace of God that passeth all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, and the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit be among you and remain with you always. Amen.